take some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. November the 10th, the year of our Lord, 2022, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitt. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in today to Daybreak Live, and uh, we're going to sing a song. This is, we decided we would just keep this third day week. So the third day song this morning we're going to sing is, You Are So Good to Me, because God is so good to us. All right. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. And I will sing again.
This is just my, my, I think Third Day, really, they had a season where their songs were so good. Yep. Now, I know they're not together anymore, but that, that was some good not? music, you know? Mm -hmm. Matt Powell's still doing stuff. Yeah, Matt Powell still sings. I mean, Matt Powell's pretty famous for his voice. He's got a killer voice. He has an amazing voice. Yes, he does. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. It is good to be with you this morning. And uh, we just want to lift up the climbers right now in the name of Jesus that you will be with them, keep them safe on their drive, and be with Matthew in his surgery this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, Matthew, little Matthew, the climbers are part of our CWOW family, and uh, little Matthew's having a surgery this morning, so we're just lifting him up in prayer. Uh, let's jump here right quick. I wanted to remind you, I'm going to do this yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We're going to get some kind of a transportation for Brother Nadim. Pastor Nadim and his wife in Pakistan, they have to walk everywhere they go to minister. And uh, according to the amount, it would be a motorcycle. or I don't know what people will give. I'll find out uh, at the end of Friday. I'll find out what how much was donated this week and then I'll put some with it out of Lisa and I's pocketbook as well, and we'll see what we can get them for transportation. And uh, uh, I told him I'm going to try my best to get him something so that they can ride around, and it'll be a Thanksgiving Christmas present, however you want to look at it. Uh, but we want to have the pastor to be able to move It'll just be a blessing. Around. It'll just be a blessing to their ministry, right. All right, so if you want to help, right here, you go to Church Without Walls, Tennessee. That's CWOWTN.com. Click the Donate button. You can donate by Venmo or whatever way you want to donate. If you would like to help, thank you for helping. All this, everything you give goes to Pakistan to bless our brother there. It's not going anywhere else. So thank you for considering it. Here we go. Let's dive in. Uh, we will finish chapter 13 today. And I want to talk about a little bit about, I, I, I called this being marked today. And I want to be sure to talk about what we can know and what we can't know and the reasons that I say that. I remember when I started studying the book of Revelation, I, you know, you, you, you get so interested in it and it's like, and then you start searching the internet and you start listening to this one and listening to that one. It doesn't take long. You find out there's a lot of different views out of there. And, uh, you know, somebody says 100% absolute proof of what the mark of the beast is. And so you click on it and you listen to an hour, two hours, and, you know, and then they say, so the mark of the beast is going to church on Sunday. And it's like, oh, that's what it is, huh? Okay. <laughs> and, and so... There's so many thoughts out there. I think there are things in Scripture that is fruitless, fruitless to overthink. And I want to talk about why this morning. I, I am of the persuasion 
that whoever is here when this time happens, if they're studying the Word of God and they're seeking truth, they will know. God will always allow his people to know. Matter of fact, in Daniel, it says, it speaks about uh, that God's people will be wise and do exploits. They're going to know whoever that is. If it's us, if it's not us, if it's somebody else, as long as they're studying the word of God, they are going to know. But being marked is something that starts all the way back in Genesis. And I've tried to give background in this. These are just little 15-minute Bible studies, 15, 20-minute Bible studies. But you know the story. The first time we read of a marking was with Cain, right? Cain had killed Abel, his brother, and God had driven him out. And uh, Cain said, my punishment is more than I can bear. I can't handle this, God. And so God sets a mark on Cain. You will find that. I jotted that down. That is Genesis chapter 4, verse 15. God set a mark on Cain lest anyone finding him would kill him because God had decreed the vengeance that came on Cain sevenfold is going to be on someone who killed Cain. So it was a protective mark. So they say, well, what did that mark look like? Uh, well, the Bible don't tell us what it looks like. It doesn't tell us, right? So uh, we don't know. And it's fruitless for somebody to say. I, I remember watching uh, the movie Genesis and you know, they had like a lightning bolt come down and hit Cain in the head and and there was this mark looked kind of like a tree. tree of life. Yeah, it looked like the tree of life. Uh, but we don't know. But we know it was, it was a mark that would be visible to the people that were going to see him. So it would have been an actual physical mark. Okay, let's fast forward. Ezekiel chapter 9. Ezekiel sees a vision. In this vision, God is upset with Jerusalem. And he sees this vision of these angels, and they have an inkhorn, an inkhorn, right? And he hears God say, here's what I want you to do. He says, go and go through the city and put a mark on the heads of those, set a mark on those that cry and sigh for all the abominations that are done in the city. And then he says to the next one, you go behind him and you kill Everybody that doesn't have the mark. That text seems to suggest a mark that angels could see and not humans. And the mark was put on people that was weeping over the ungodliness that had come upon God's holy city. And God was angry with the city and was bringing judgment. And so the mark was apparently for the angels could see it. But we don't know that people could see that mark. In the same way, in the book of Revelation, we've already read that there were those sealed in their foreheads with God. Do you remember that? Do you remember then? It would have been, shucks, it would just be right back here, back in Revelation chapter 9. Uh, he says, verse 4, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth. This was the locust. Remember the, when the locust went out? Not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. 
Now, I read all of this. The, the reason I, I, I did this is to say sometimes there's areas where everybody wants to know an answer to something, and I think it's best to just say, you know what? We don't know yet. What does the mark of the beast look like? We don't know. I, I'm of the persuasion. Now, this is just Brother Scott, okay? You can believe what you want. You say, well, I know what it is. I have studied many people theories we know exactly what it is and a lot of different people know exactly what it is or claim they do but what here's there's things we can know there's things that we can know about it and so as we are ending this let's read a verse uh let's read this again and then we will kind of just sum up so starting with verse 16, it says again, He causes all, both small, great, rich, and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast. There's an or there. The mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man. His number is 666. Uh, Megan pointed out when we went back and studied the image, remember when we went to Nebuchadnezzar, and she was pointing out how it said it was 60 cubits tall and six cubits wide. There's two sixes right there. So there's identification, there's wisdom that's given identification. Six is the number of man. And what we're talking about is the ultimate exaltation of man. It is man declaring himself to be God is what it is. Now, what exactly is it going to look like? Is it going to be a barcode? Is it going to be a computer chip? Is, what's it going to look like? We don't know. But here's things that we know. So I thought I would jot down things that we can know and understand this. The people that are here in that time will know. Jesus said, Yeshua said, the abomination of desolation, when that takes place, and we have said that is when the Antichrist comes into Jerusalem, he comes into the rebuilt temple of God, that's how I see it, and he declares himself to be God, he sets up an image in the temple of God, and evidently this image is going to be all over the world as well, okay? That's called the abomination of desolation, and everybody is going to know who the beast is. Everybody is going to have to choose at that time. Whoever is on earth has to choose because the false prophet now, so here's what we have. We have the false prophet who is a lamb dragon. He's preaching and causing people. He's preaching and causing people to worship the beast. He has authority. He calls down fire out of heaven. He does miracles to cause people to turn their worship away from God, the God of Israel, and I would say 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, above all that is called God or that is worshipped, and he points all worship to the beast, and the miracles and the signs are going to solidify his power. Then 
the image is going to be erected and everybody is going to have to worship the image and bow down to the image. What exactly is the image? Well, I have my ideas. I actually have an idea of what I think this is. However, it would be fruitless for me to say because I'm not sure. But when it's time, the people who are seeking truth will know. Remember, God sends strong delusion to those who hate truth, hate God, hate truth, and want to believe. They do not want God. Therefore, God gives them over to their reprobate mind. He gives them over, and they will believe the lies. Now, the, the image is instituted. Worship of the image, worshiping the image then, this is what we've learned, worshiping the image is a form of worshiping the head of the world system, the world government. So there's a spiritual side and a political side together. Now, he causes all to be marked. It doesn't matter what this mark is, but it is a mark which evidently, by the text, to me says it's going to be something visible. Why do I say visible? Because it's kind of like back in Cain. The reason he is establishing, here's what we have. Here's the point. The false prophet is establishing with the Antichrist a worldwide economic system. To be part of this system, you have to receive this mark. Receiving this mark is your pledge of allegiance to this beast. And we think this is impossible. This is crazy. This could never happen. Guys, two years ago, 2020, people had their bank accounts cut off in some places. They couldn't hunt. They couldn't, they couldn't get to their money if they didn't wear masks in some places. Right? Yeah. They were cut off. So it's crazy to think that this cannot take place. Actually, we're moving probably into the only time in the history of man where it could take place on a global scale. Mm -hmm. So there's a worldwide economic system, and the point of this taking the mark, it is forcing a public declaration of your allegiance to the beast or your resistance, which carries the death penalty with the world economic system that's there. And you won't be able to buy or sell, which means something else crazy. It's like you would have to have a cashless society. That's impossible, right? Now, I still use cash, but we use more not cash. Is that the truth? Generally. Generally. And so that's... That's the point of this. And they will be excluded. And you say, well, and there's some people who say, well, I don't even want to know about this. I don't want to even study about this because according to my belief, we're all going to be gone. Some say, well, still, what about the other people? What about your neighbors? What about people around you? That You need to teach the word of God regardless of your end time beliefs. You need to teach it. We need to read it. We need to hold on to it. And I know that God gives wisdom to his people, and they're going to know what's going on. And matter of fact, they that are wise are going to shine like lights, and they're going to explain the truth to many in that day.
Brothers and sisters, we are living in crazy times. We're moving towards cashless societies. Got to have the setup of a cashless society before something like this could be implemented, right? You got to have something like a worldwide internet system before something like this could be uh, implemented. But we are seeing, and if, a matter of fact, I could even say the last two years, probably we could say the last two years, God just give us a little nudge and said, you see what is possible, what the government has the ability to do now in different places. You know, they lock down places so you can't even come out of your house. You can't drive on the road. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go to the store, right? Now, there was a lot of freedom also in a lot of places, and it wasn't everywhere. But, but I think we can see I believe that we could see enough in the day that we're living that we can, in 2022, we can read the book of Revelation and go, oh, yeah, I see how that could happen. Definitely. Definitely. But God is with us. Amen? God is with us, and he is in control. And you don't have to fear any of this because you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're listening to this today and you don't belong to the Lord, I want to remind you, here's what the scripture says, that if you shall confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Won't you believe in him today? Won't you turn and repent and put your trust in the Lord today? And the first step of obedience is your declaration that marks you as belonging to him. You know what that is? Baptism. You go and you get baptized and you mark yourself. You say to the angels and the demons and the principalities and the people around you and to God, I belong to Jesus. My heart is his. That's your first step you take as a believer is to follow him. And then you get with a believers. Amen. Get with yes. other believers. You say, well, no, there's no believers. There's no churches just really close. Find some believers around you. And if you can't go to their house, get them to come to your house. Read the Bible together. Fellowship with people in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you, God, for your grace, and we thank you for your mercy. And as we go through this book, we're just so fired up about you and your kingdom. Lord, we ask your blessing upon, uh, like I said, the surgery today and all of those that's tuned in that are going through things, God, be with us in our struggles, Lord. I pray for a, a, a complete healing of my shoulder as well, Lord. And I thank you for that. I pray, God, that you will send enough money that we can uh, help Nadim out, that he can have some kind of a transportation uh, to do more ministry for you. And, Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Love you, saints. Yes, Lord. Bye, see you tomorrow for Fear Not Friday. Amen. Bye.